This is Kincaid and Breckenridge, exclusively on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Hey, welcome back. Uh, I'm Roger. That's Rob. Um, well, we're going to get into this thing at the legislature yesterday. Now, before we do, just a quick setup, recap of what happened earlier in the day. So at 11 o'clock, we heard this, uh, this, this dual press conference from Kathleen Wynne, the Premier of Ontario, Rachel Notley, the Premier of Alberta, announcing that they'd signed a memorandum of understanding, which is what exactly? Is this where we basically, we just write down that we both share some thoughts? Yeah, okay. it's it's almost like, okay, you're here, we got to make it look like this trip has accomplished something, uh, and, and to create this perception that we're working together, we're achieving things, and that's all it is. It's just, it's all political theater. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's it's really going to amount to nothing, but it's it's they're trying to send a message that, you know, you got Alberta and Ontario working together, and these two progressive premiers are achieving a lot when it comes to to climate change and important issues and and isn't it great uh note to the premier by the way don't ever do that again don't ever call a press conference to say that you've signed a memorandum of understanding that's like dad bursting through the front door and said kids tonight we're gonna have dinner right and expecting a response here's what you do you call the press conference when you tell us how you're going to waste our money. That's like dad coming through the front door and going, kids, we're going to Chuck E. Cheese. People go nuts. Mm-hmm. So here's what happened yesterday, right? The uh, Premier Notley and Premier when they got together and they basically said, we don't know what we're going to do yet. The market's not demanding it, but there's all this talk about clean energy and green energy. And since it's not happening as quickly as we'd like, we've signed an agreement, a memorandum of understanding that we're going to use your tax dollars and the tax dollars from Ontario to do a whole bunch of stuff that you haven't asked for yet. Well, look, I mean, as I said yesterday, I I think we knew the the press conference part was going to be lame, but... Well, I, I'd certainly want to hear some of the questions. And, and uh, there were some worthwhile questions asked of Kathleen Wynne about natural gas and about Energy East. And uh, I mean, I appreciate the two of them made themselves available to, to questions. They could have just um, sped up the first part. Say, yeah, you know, we met today. We did this little MOU, but it's kind of lame. So we won't spend too much time on that. So are there any questions? <laughs> <laughs> and that's all. And then we could have got to the good part. Right. And I criticized our premier for not, you know, pressing Kathleen Wynne a little bit more on the pipeline question when I think it was Graham Thompson from the Edmonton Journal who asked it. Does this mean pipelines are going to be okay? And Notley kind of gave this answer that said, uh, get that product to Tidewater, which wasn't, yes, you can run a pipeline through Ontario. It was just that, hey, we, we understand why Alberta wants to sell oil abroad. Uh, if I'm the premier of Alberta, I'm not saying if I'm Rachel Notley, I'm saying if I'm the premier of Alberta, I look at at Kathleen Wynne and I say, so is that a yes or a no to Energy East? That didn't happen yesterday. Right. Well, so, no, that's a question to ask. It's going to be Justin Trudeau's decision ultimately. Uh, so that that's where where it really matters. But sure, I mean, to certainly have Kathleen Wynne on board, I I think would go a long way and uh, would help Justin Trudeau make the decision if he knows that um, people like Kathleen Wynne and uh, boy, they're, they're like best friends, aren't they? Justin Trudeau and, and Kathleen Wynne. So maybe that, that would hug. help. That hugers. would help. Okay, so uh, Kathleen Wynne uh, was visiting Alberta. They did this news conference yesterday. She was uh, at the legislature, introduced as a guest. She also met, was it this morning she met with, with Mayor Nenshi? Right, at the Chamber of Commerce, I think. Uh, but I guess we should start with what happened at, at the legislature. Um, here's what I wrote in, in my blog post. I get that Kathleen Wynne is unpopular, and I get that her government has brought in 
lot of unwise policies, let's say. I don't think most Albertans are plugged into that or really care all that much about it. I, I think you've got a lot of political junkies, conservative political junkies in, in Alberta who follow politics and, you know, don't like Kathleen Wynne because she's on the other team and uh, she's a liberal and she's a lefty and, and all of that. And so maybe Derek Fildebrandt was kind of playing to that crowd a little bit. But in terms of the overall electorate, average Albertans, are you really going to score a lot of points? by calling out and kind of shaming a little bit, I guess, embarrassing a little bit, Kathleen Wynne at the Alberta legislature. I just So that's my issue here with what Derek Fildebrandt does. I don't know who this is, is appealing to. All right. Derek Fildebrandt, uh, in question period yesterday in the Alberta legislature. I don't have to more Brooks. Mr. Speaker, today Alberta welcomed Ontario's Liberal Premier Kathleen Wynne to the Legislative Assembly. While I'm sure their talk session was valuable, we aren't sure what benefit Albertans can get from Ontario's emissions plan. For power consumers, it's meant skyrocketing power bills, Mm -hmm. massive subsidies to unprofitable initiatives, and Auditor General's reports into billions of wasted tax dollars. A few months ago, our Premier praised the Ontario plan. Is the Premier still endorsing this plan? And if so, what part does she think will benefit Albertans? Mr. Speaker, I would suggest at the first point that it's the the level of diplomacy that's being demonstrated by the members opposite, which demonstrates exactly why we've made no progress across this country over the last 10 years. But what I will say is I endorse the leadership of any leader in this country who understands the need to take action on climate change and to move forward to protect the health of Canadians for future generations. For supplemental. Well, let's talk about diplomacy with other premiers. We can't help but notice that the premier to date has not held a single meeting with one of our key allies, Saskatchewan Premier Brad Wall. Saskatchewan is not only a close neighbour and friend to Alberta, but has very similar interests in promoting both our energy and agriculture sectors. They unequivocally support pipelines, free trade, reforming equalization, and advocating for all of our export industries. To date, the premier has only taken shots at Premier Wall. Will the Premier build a united front on these issues and invite the Premier of Saskatchewan here the way she is in... Thank you, Honourable Member. The Honourable Premier. Well, Mr. Speaker, once again, the members opposite are simply incorrect. I've met uh, with the uh, the uh, Prime Minister that, uh, or the, the um, uh, Premier that they are referring to on a number of occasions. And we've had conversations about Energy East. We've had conversations about, uh, about carbon pricing. We've had conversations about uh, disaster recovery efforts. We've done that. And so, quite frankly, Mr. Speaker, they should do their homework. has never invited Mr. Wall here, Mr. Speaker. Currently, Ontario has the largest subnational sovereign debt on the planet. They're now even receiving equalization payments. It's an example of what happens when a government fails to get its spending under control. It means higher taxes, but it also means less services for those in need. This week, the NDP is scrapping our already high legislative debt ceiling, Mm -hmm. and Alberta has suffered four credit downgrades in just five months. Will the Premier stop following the example set by the Ontario Liberals, put a cap on borrowing, and get control of our out-of-control spending? Talk 
about embarrassing cousins. Yeah. Honorable Premier. Mr. Speaker, in the past, uh, when Alberta has actually been able to play a leadership role in the country, they have done so by being grown-ups, by having conversations with their colleagues across the country, by being respectful, and by finding the kinds of things in common that they can work together on. Just today, we have had demonstrated to all Albertans very clearly why these folks over there are simply not ready to govern. So there you have uh, the exchange between Derek Filderbrand and the Premier. Uh, now, a couple of things that happened in, in the course of that, uh, that exchange. First of all, first and foremost, Derek Filderbrand doesn't have to use that platform to make those comments about the Premier of Ontario and the track record of the Liberal government in Ontario. He can do that in the media. He's more than welcome to step outside that chamber and say those exact same things. The questions at heart there are, how does going into debt benefit Albertans? How does raising the prices of, of uh, things like natural gas benefit Albertans with his carbon tax, et cetera, et cetera? These are all questions that he can ask outside the context of what's going on in Ontario. Because to this point, what's happening in Ontario doesn't affect Albertans. So what he's effectively done is just... just sought out a stage to embarrass Kathleen Wynne, to, to say bad things about the government of Ontario inside the government house of Alberta. It's poor taste. Well, what, what strikes me as a little odd when you, when you go back over all the points he was making is that he would like to see the Alberta government embrace uh, the premier of Saskatchewan, Brad Wall. That if Brad Wall came and was in the Alberta legislature, I'm sure the Wild Rose would expect everybody uh, give him a standing ovation and thank him for being there and, and show him all kinds of respect. Now, obviously, Derek Fildebrand is appreciative of the kinds of policies that Brad Wall has pursued. And reasonable people can disagree on these things. I would certainly, any day of the week, rather have Brad Wall as my premier than Kathleen Wynne. But that's fine. And uh, there are those that still like Kathleen Wynne and there are those who love Brad Wall and there are people who don't like Brad Wall and people who don't like Kathleen Wynne. So I don't know that the Wild Rose can have it both ways in that sense that let's show Brad Wall some respect because we agree with him. But let's just crap all over Kathleen Wynne because we disagree with her. Uh, so which is it? Either you show visiting premiers some respect or you don't. And I'm sure they wouldn't appreciate it if uh, Rachel Notley and, and her colleagues all sat on their hands when Brad Wall was visiting and you know, talking about how he was slashing and burning and ruining Saskatchewan or something along those lines, which is exactly what he does here. If Rachel Notley is pursuing bad policy, if we can look to Ontario as an example of how those kinds of policies might play out, then, then that, that's a fair point to make. Let's also keep in mind, though, I mean, uh, Rachel Notley went to Ontario and did a fundraiser for the Ontario NDP uh, who are not fans of Kathleen Wynne either. So it's not as though she's in the tank for the Ontario Liberals. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's it's kind of a shocking display, and it, it lacks forethought. Derek Fildebrandt would like to be the finance minister, if not the premier of Alberta one day. Um, they, they, they feel that they're the government in waiting. And they will not have a friend in Ontario if Kathleen Wynne uh, is the premier of that province at the same time that the Wild Rose Party or the governing party in Alberta. That's not a good thing, my friends. That is not a good thing at all. And who do you think will make more friends around that uh, premier's table? 
Well, when the, when uh, they all get together, you know, to talk about uh, partnerships, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think Kathleen Wynne is going to have the ear of the Premier of British Columbia? Or do you think that uh, Brian Jean or Derek Fildebrandt will have the ear of the Premier of British Columbia? That could be, this could be a very, very damaging moment for the future of Alberta. Because we don't ever want to be in a position where another Premier can say to the Premier of Alberta, hey, by the way, do you remember that time... And that's exactly what happened yesterday. All right. So there's the question of whether Derek Fildebrandt was out of line. But let's throw another question into the mix. Does Mayor Nenshi, the mayor of the city of Calgary, need to interject himself into all of this? Because that's exactly what he did. Can I answer now? Well, the first thing I did this morning uh, was apologize on behalf of the people of Calgary for the childish, petulant behavior uh, in the legislature yesterday. Uh, Albertans are more polite than that. Uh, we treat guests with courtesy, and particularly when we are talking about issues of national importance like pipelines, we treat guests with courtesy. Uh, and I was quite shocked to see the so-called shadow finance minister who has yet to reveal any fi- shadow budget or really any ideas whatsoever about the province um, treat a guest in that manner, and I did apologize. She was fine. She deals with this every day in her own legislature, but uh, I think that we can have some common courtesy regardless of politics, and that's something we should strive for, especially if we strive to leadership. Okay, so the guy who was recently apologizing for his own uh, poor behavior and poor choice of words and lack of respect is is now going to... uh, instruct everybody on on how to conduct oneself and by the way what what is his shadow cabinet portfolio have to do with anything uh, uh, yeah i don't know why he brings that up they, they, well they've got a history those two, oh yeah right? no so, listen there's that yeah the mayor and, and derek fildebrand they, they don't like each other going back to uh um the, the days when derek was with the the taxpayers federation and i believe i remember one time reading a nenshi tweet at derek fildebrand uh, and this is exactly why you have no input on policy whatsoever back when he was with the ctf well now, now derek's uh, an elected MLA, so clearly he was influential in some respect. Anyway, I digress from that point. Did the mayor of Calgary, I, I mean, did anybody else hear this? Did the mayor of Calgary apologize on behalf of all Albertans for the actions of somebody who, though a resident of Calgary, is a representative of people from, what is it, Stetler Brooks? Right, yeah, that's that's Phil DeBrand's writing. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, I mean, did... did did Prasad Panda do something wrong? I mean, that would be the only Wild Rose MLA that the mayor could legitimately seem to be apologizing for, the one Calgary MLA in the Wild Rose party. This is just the most bizarre thing. I mean, is this a trend now? Do we just apologize for, do we just stick our neck in by the, oh, <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, Burundi, I would like to apologize on behalf of Iceland for something or other. <laughs> no, it wasn't necessary. And it's just, it's it's the mayor wanting to be at the center of attention. People are talking about this today. He wants to insert himself in the story and, and look like the hero. Look like he's he's above all this partisan silliness. He's he's this political brand unto himself. And isn't it, isn't it wonderful? You know, I'll tell you what there. It's one thing to, to say, look, the oil and gas sector is very important to the city in which I am the mayor. I want to see pipelines built to Tidewater. Part of that means being in good standing with other premiers. So if the mayor wants to go to Kathleen Wynne in private and say, hey, by the way, what happened yesterday? I'm I'm sorry that happened in much the same way that you're sorry a friend's relative passed away. Right. But for the mayor to step up to the microphone today and go, hear ye, I apologized on behalf of all of you to the Queen of Ontario. As you were. 
is a bit rich. Okay. So there's the other question. Uh, did we need to hear from the mayor on this? 974-8255. Text us 77770. Back with your reaction right after this. Nine seven four eight two five five. Phone lines jamming up. Not surprised, but uh, let's start with Chad. Chad, good morning. Morning. Um, I normally uh, would think that we'd want to have a little bit more respect for someone like uh, Kathleen Wynne coming into our legislator legislation, but you know, in this case, I'm kind of okay with it. And the reason why I am is because currently the media is is really looking for a darling. They're looking for somebody that's doing selfies everywhere and toting all over the world and. And that's what they need. They want somebody that's kind of a yes man. And, and as a result, all we were going to see in the media was the love fest that Kathleen Wynne had for her, for, for Notley. What are you talking uh, you know, about? I, you, well, I'm sorry, what was that? What are you talking about? Well, there was a, all she would do in her speech was, oh, Notley is doing this and Notley's doing that. And what a great example for the world. And we got to do this. We got to be more like Notley. Like she just wouldn't quit with it. That's, you know, and that's reason, rather presumptive, why- though. You're, you're basically predicting that if Derek Fildebrandt hadn't done what he did yesterday, all of the reporting on Notley's or on Kathleen Wynne's visit would have been how wonderful the announcement was yesterday. I, don't, I have absolutely no idea what the foundation for such a prediction would be. I think that if we were to look at the, the last year to two years of uh, what media, big media, not not uh, call it a spade a spade media like what you fellas seem to be doing, um, but, you know, the CTVs, the global, the, certainly the CBCs that are, are looking to paint a picture under liberal right. libertarian socialism, uh, and they're doing it all the time. They're not, they're not showing a conservative side ever. So I, I truly believe, and, and again, it's my opinion, that all we would have seen was this love fest, and as a result... Uh, Bill Brand doing what he did. What we've seen is we've shed a light on a, on a different aspect of this. Okay, now I'll, that, I'll, give, again, I'll give you that. But Chad, let me ask you this question because this is what is really at the heart of it for me: is if the Wild Rose Party is going to be the next government, they need more people to vote for them than did last time around, right? I mean, that's just basic mathematics, and we can all agree. So, do you think that there are people who who yesterday were saying? I'm not sure if I would vote for the Wild Rose Party, who today are saying, yes, now I'm voting for the Wild Rose Party. No, no, definitely not. I think it was a failure on that part. Thanks very much for the phone call, Chad. Appreciate it. I just, like, if Brian Jean were the premier today and Kathleen Wynne, the premier of Ontario, was visiting Alberta, would, would Brian Jean stand there at a news conference, like we had the news conference yesterday, and say, this woman next to me has <laughs> brought disaster to her province and shame, right? You put that stuff aside. It's, it's premier on premier meeting. It's, it's, you know, government to government. And, you know, you could say, look, you know, we, we, we don't always agree on, on the right path forward, but we're trying to find some common ground. And, uh, you know, we believe that we can... Um, uh, work together on, on making Energy East a reality and find some common ground on, on other other projects. Like, I'm sure Ralph Klein, during his tenure, met with other premiers with whom he disagreed, or maybe they disagreed with him. But when they had a, a meeting or they had a summit, they, it didn't turn into a you know, trash-talking session. And so that's a legitimate question now. If Brian Jean were premier, how would he react to, to premiers he disagreed with, who came to visit as guests? Would he call them out and shame them, or would he try to be diplomatic? Alison Redford and Christy Clark. When Christy Clark said, hey, give us a share of the royalties, and Alison Redford said, well, we can't do that. I mean, you didn't see that press conference go down with Alison Redford saying, this woman's nuts! <laughs> 
Instead, she basically just said, hey, you know, we couldn't really come to terms on something. And by the way, set the calendar on the wall back to zero days since I said something nice about uh, Allison Redford. Uh, there we go. Dennis, uh, thanks for calling. Hey, good morning, guys. Real real quick comment. When you're a little kid, you're, you're raised to be respectful and you're raised to, you know, say what's on your mind. But what happened and the fact that happened in the legislature, uh, legislature um, was absolutely atrocious and you know it's funny because the wild rose was starting to gain a little bit of popularity in my mind and uh as of yesterday i wouldn't vote that person or that party one vote Hmm. and it's because if you act like a child you don't get treated like an adult Uh, and in the case and and also roger just a point uh you made a point about nancy i believe he said on behalf of all Calgarians, not all of Alberta. Well, that's even but, worse. That's that. Yeah, see, that's uh, my well, point. That's even uh, worse, right? Because yeah. there's okay. no Calgarians who were involved in what uh, Derek Fildebrand had to say, except for no, Prasad Panda. I'm just trying yeah. to try to tell you that he said all of Calgarians. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay, but that makes yeah, Thank you, makes even, that. even less sense. Yeah. So that that's again a little presumptuous, and um, but uh, <laughs> maybe we're used to that from this mirror. We got next here. Let's. Um, it's a wild card. You can pick anybody. Go to Avery. Avery, go ahead. Good morning. I Good think morning. you two are just fantastic. I enjoy listening to you. Sorry, sorry, well, sorry Avery, you, uh, you cut out there. We went through a tunnel. Can you say that again? I wanted to say that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I enjoy your show. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's kind of oh, but i got to make one comment, okay? Yes. okay? With the mayor, the mayor did this because he needs some votes. He does not really care about what really happened. I don't think it's his place to say that, but he needs some votes. The other thing is this. What is in the water that these politicians are drinking? (laughs) Because they're acting so immature. Trudeau, the way he behaved. Well, if his father was alive, what what would his father tell him? His father might have done similar things, actually, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, what I'm trying to say here is that you're not little children, Mm-hmm. You're in the sandbox. Let's play together. If you can't play and you want to leave your ball, then go home. <laughs> but grow up, you guys. It's Avery. crazy. Well, and well put, Avery, I'm so sorry. We're just out of time. we got to hit the news. And thank you very much uh, for your phone call and your kind words. No, I, listen, I think she's right. And I, I don't know. I think you could make an argument that the mayor's kind of trying to feather his nest a little bit here, make some political allies and, and see some opportunities. I get that pipelines and that uh, things that benefit the, uh, the energy industry are in the mayor's interest. But that was just injecting his ego into a situation where it didn't belong. And it's very peculiar to me. And it was very partisan because, right, he made some comments about Phil DeBrand of the Wild Rose Party that had nothing at all to do with this controversy. So if you want to play in that arena, by all means, uh, jump in. Uh, like you told us yesterday, there are many, many parties that would just absolutely love to have you. So make it happen. Uh, anyway, you can join in the debate, uh, which is uh, raging on our Facebook page. Uh, we got a break here for the 1030 News. Nancy Hicks from Global is going to join us in a few minutes. Uh, stay with us. Happy lunch, I say that to you. And uh, heading into the weekend, what could possibly be a, a better time to have a lunch except for the other six days? I, I want to say this, though. Uh, you're thinking about what to do over the lunch period, lunch hour, we call it. Here's what you can do. You can uh, put it off till later this afternoon, then you can listen to the uh, the Roro Show podcast, which Rob and I will go into uh, the podcasting sauna to make right after this program. That is true. That is a good point. Just imagine, just picture yourself. 
eating a roast beef sandwich, listening to the Rover Show podcast. Uh, I like roast beef. Roast beef is good. <laughs> it's it's heaven, I tell you. Uh, heaven. So, yeah, you can get that uh, podcast uh, at com, and we should have that up there for you uh, later on this afternoon. Right. Well, an interesting piece uh, in the National Post looking at the etiquette of, of hugging, especially now that we have a, a very hug-enthusiastic uh, Prime Minister in Justin Trudeau. Uh, Tristan Hopper writes for the National Post, uh, joins us on the line here. Tristan, great to have you with us. Oh, anytime. Uh, yeah, I guess Stephen Harper wasn't much of a, of a hugger, was he? Uh, no, no, I think that's fair to say. He's kind of like me in the hugging department. Uh, he only, well, you know your friends that only swear when they're really angry? So when they do swear, it really stands out. Uh, Stephen Harper is kind of like me, like that with hugs. So he hugs, if he's hugging someone, someone's dead. So it's a big deal. Oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's scary because he, he, he bro-hugged. Uh, Tom Mulcair, and I think he even bro-hugged Justin Trudeau on the day of the Parliament Hill shootings. Exactly. Yeah. So there was a body cam precipitate that hug. Um, what, are, what are we learning, though, about like hugging etiquette? Because I think we call it into question when people that we don't typically see hugging uh, as part of their occupation um, doing it a lot, and Justin Trudeau hugs a lot. So. Is there, are we oh, trying, sorry, you, you were asking, the, the question about the hugging, sorry, what was? Well, uh, I'm still trying what, to What, should we read out. into it? Yeah, like, are we supposed to now d- dissect the etiquette of hugging and say this is totally, is it, is it inappropriate when Trudeau does it? Well, the, the weird thing about hugging, this is what I sort of get into in the piece, is you will never know if people hate hugging, because I can say this as a non-hugger myself, uh, if someone tries to hug you and you just stand back and say, I don't touch people, uh, you look like a nut. So all the non-huggers out there, and they could be as much as 50% of the population, we are a very non-contact culture here in Canada, they just suffer your hugs so they don't look like weirdos. Uh, so I, I realized this in context with the Prime Minister because I was doing a, a very serious journalistic exercise, you understand, where I was trying to get all the photos of Trudeau hugging someone since he uh, was sworn in as Prime Minister. And I noticed there was a few conspicuous uh, figures who were not hugging the Prime Minister. Brad Wall stood out, Christy Clark, Premier of British Columbia, and to a certain extent, Rachel Notley, although she's, she's hugged him, but she's quite small, so I mean, she doesn't really have a choice in the matter. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is he always the the hug initiator then? Uh, I do believe so, yes. So, uh, you know, in the prairies, we're not uh, tremendously touchy people. So I actually spent more company time on this than I'd care to admit about trying to find evidence of the notly uh, Trudeau hug. So she, she's not tremendously from a, a huggy family, not not a very touchy-feely people, the Notleys. So uh, I don't think it's, she's inherently uh, a huggy person. So I, I sort of broke down the sort of the Pruder film of their first meeting, and certainly Trudeau sprang out of the limousine and I think grabbed her before she had time to take evasive action. What, what, what kind of hug was it? Was it a, a double over, a double under? This was a bear a... hug. This was sort of uh, what uh, what he did with Kathleen Wynne in Ontario, where she actually ran at him and they both hugged. Uh, they, they were both into the hug. But this was sort of a, I mean, he's, he's I, I think Trudeau's around my height. I'm 6'4", so I'm quite large. And I'm not sure uh, Rachel Notley's height, but she's, she's around the five-foot range. So if you just have this enormous man sort of looming over you with arms and cameras on you, what are you going to do? And is it a crouch hug, by the way? Like, because I think a hug can be quite demeaning if you, you know, if you bend at the at the knees to hug somebody, as opposed to bending at the waist to hug somebody, or also if you do like the two arms over, which is like everything's okay now, daddy's here, hug, as opposed to the split one under one over, which is to say, hey, buddy, great to see you. Mm, I, I think uh, I'd have to confirm. I only found one grainy photograph of the hug itself. <laughs> Most of it was purged from our our news photograph archives. 
potential conspiracy there. I'm not sure. Uh, but I think it was the, the daddy's here hug, if, if that's the correct term for that. Well, it's interesting because we're used to seeing from politicians the, the politician handshake where you're shaking with one hand and then you're taking your left hand and putting it either on the elbow or the shoulder. And it's almost mm-hmm. a way of, I don't know, establishing dominance or I'm not sure what. So are we to read anything into the the more huggy nature of of Justin Trudeau? Is he trying to create an image for himself? Is it about sending a message to, to that person? I don't know if there's a, sort of a political undertone to it. So there, there definitely have been uh, politicians who have used physical proximity to their advantage. Narendra Modi, uh, Prime Minister of India, is a very good example. Um, he comes from a, a country not known for its touchy-feeliness, so he's trying to be like the new face of India. So, uh, I mean, figures in India are saying this is a very calculated thing where he's going around and being the snuggly Prime Minister of India. No need to worry about India anymore. Uh, so here's the Prime Minister. Um, so I'm not sure if that's the case. I think Trudeau may just enjoy hugging people um, for some reason and uh, has just sort of carried that over uh, into his job. It's worked for him very well. Uh, I mean, most yeah. people seem to enjoy hugging him. I mean, if he marches in some sort of parade or uh, he's in a, um, a public event, people will run at him and hug him, which hasn't really happened much for prime ministers. Well, yeah, and I, I kind of wonder about about the, 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 the benefit of the effect that he gets from it. Because whether it's deliberate or not, uh, if they notice that it's sort of, uh, if they could focus group it somehow and they notice that it's working for him, to me it's kind of like when we saw uh, Barack Obama doing the, you know, the town halls with his sleeves rolled up, no tie on, no yeah. jacket. And it was just sort of like people looking at him going, hey, uh, he looks like me. I, uh, I'm a blue collar guy. And it kind of has a, it's like this deliberate effect. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's surrounded by uh, – that's, that's the way politics works. So you have uh, people surrounding this, this politician. He hugs someone who looks really good on camera. Uh, most politicians don't really pull off the hugs very well. So, yeah, you have a, a bunch of people around him saying, like, oh, you have to hug people all the time now. It was sort of like when, when Harper started wearing glasses and uh, he looked a lot less threatening and he, his, his sort of weird sunken bug eyes didn't stand out so much. I, I, I apologize, Mr. Harper, if you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening. But uh, uh, he did have people around around him saying, oh, you have to wear your glasses all the damn time now, because that looks great. Uh, so uh, certainly I, it may not even be him. There's probably a, a large group around him pressuring him to do anything that looks good. But, you know, even for average citizens, right? I mean, hugging, it almost seems like tipping. Like everyone tips at the restaurant, just like everyone hugs their mom. Uh, but then who you should tip beyond that, who you should hug beyond that, it's unclear. And people approach it differently. Yeah, so that's what I was getting into in the piece. I spoke to a protocol expert in Washington, D.C. Uh, she was Canadian-born, as it turned out, and I said, we have a prime minister that hugs people all the time. Is that a bad thing? Uh, I mean, couldn't that backfire on him? And she said, well, I mean, yes. Uh, so the hugs, the risk you take on with a hug is much higher than the reward. So just imagine being prime minister is any workplace setting. So if you're in your workplace and, and you like to hug people, uh, I mean, that can go very wrong. You can alienate people. You can turn people against you. You can turn a whole committee against you. You can get written up for sexual harassment charges. You can come off as a creep uh, 
versus not hugging people, um, which uh, is much easier. So the benefits of hugging is like, I don't know, maybe people feel a bit more comfortable, a bit more loved, but uh, obviously the, the risks are much, much higher. So uh, the usual thing to do with hugging is do not hug someone until you are very clear that they are huggers and then they enjoy having hugs. So the example I use is Barack Obama hugs Angela Merkel whenever they see each other. Uh, Angela Merkel, um, you know, born in East Germany, not known for their hugs and physical proximity. So when they do it, it's very much an earned thing between them. Uh, but if you just met Angela Merkel for the first time and said, like, put her there, I mean, that, that could, you know, severe, well. severely tarnish Canadian-German relations for generations. I'm reminded of, of a time when another prime minister of ours made headlines for not hugging. And so it's, it's like the, the, the opposite of this is Stephen Harper shaking his son's hand. Uh, yeah. Right when he drops him off for school, and it's sort of like, you know, if 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 not hugging is the safe way to go, then how do you shake hands so that it doesn't look like you're a cold, stiff individual? Um, well, I, I'm also in that uh, in that category. Again, my family we hug uh, when a when a family member has died or almost died. So uh, again, we only save this for very very special occasions. And if there isn't that emotion there for that very very special occasion, it doesn't feel right. And for years, I felt guilty about that because there's all these huggers, this hugger mafia out there, trying to convince me that uh, this is abnormal behavior. But uh, <laughs> I, I felt much closer to my family once I realized, oh, none of us like the hug great um so yeah when we meet at the airport uh, we'll just do the one arm over the shoulder you know like you know, you know world war one when you're sort of carrying your buddy who's limping uh that's the closest i'll get uh with my dad yeah. uh, barring extenuating circumstances well i wonder i mean uh, you know it's the same thing and, and my dad was born in scotland i wonder if this is a, a scottish thing because uh, i remember you know i got a great relationship with my dad we get along very well i remember hugging him at, at my wedding and i'm like trying to think of other occasions i would have actually hugged my father but that's the thing you remember the hug all these you know people just throwing hugs around willy-nilly they can't probably even remember hugs they've had this morning so that's a that was a a turning point in your life that uh, i'm sure you can remember every single detail of that particular hug (laughs) i like to do selfies hugging people so i get the back of their head in the selfie Uh, that's good i'll tweet it i'll let people know how good that hug was i'll read i mean this is something this is something innate and i think people don't understand that that if if you're not a hugger and we have lots of non-huggers in alberta i don't think there's uh, a lot of uh, argument over that but if you're you're not a hugger you can't really convert uh, that's just something you'll never really feel comfortable with it's like a uh, sexual fetish if if you're not in defeat nobody's going to convince you to be in defeat <laughs> it's true awesome. it's an awkward analogy but it's uh, yeah. certainly uh, apt it definitely fits uh okay so then tristan boil it down here best practices uh, skip the hug do the handshake and look dignified doing so uh, yes. So that is uh, actually, um, as I point out in the piece, when you go to uh, Global Affairs Canada, they actually have a guide on how to interact with Canadians for, for foreign visitors. And strangely, while our prime minister is hugging everyone, our government is telling people, do not touch Canadians when you move to Canada or visit Canada. Um, certainly don't hug them. So just do a stiff handshake. And if later you get a closer relationship or you get a feeling that they're a bit more touchy-feely or you can do it without seeming like a creep. And I, I spend most of my time here at the Edmonton Journal office trying not to look like a creep, and I still look like a creep most of the time, so I sympathize. So yes, um, start with a handshake, and then uh, if you can sort of gauge uh, whether to do a hug, do it. If you have the slightest indication you shouldn't, uh, it's sort of like what they say in food safety, if in doubt, throw it out. Do that with hugs. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. NationalPost.com. Folks can uh, read your piece. Tristan, uh, great talking to you as always. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.
That's uh, Tristan Hopper, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's take a pause right here. Come back. D- discuss hugging, Rob, uh, even further with uh, people who have texted us throughout that conversation. And yeah, anybody some who interesting might text. In. By the way, you know, when people do like the handshake and then it kind of turns into a hug. I did that this morning. Is that a, is that a handshake or is that a hug? Or is it both? Is it neither? It's a hug shake. It's a bro hug. Let's yeah, figure this okay. out. Let's take a quick pause. Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. All right, one text uh, here says that uh, Roger Hugging is European. Handshakes are, are British and North American. Uh, hmm. I, need, I need to know more. But I could believe that. I, you know, sure, I, I'd be willing to. I can't spike that theory. Possibly. But, uh, yeah, like last night we were at a, an event last night and, you know, meeting a lot of people and saying hi to people. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of handshakes. Yeah, I think I hugged somebody there, too. Yeah, I kind of did too. Who did you hug? Do you know? Do you know? Well, someone's mom, someone who we we both know, and I met his his mom last night. And Older she's female, super okay. nice, and so. And yeah, you, was, you know her from before? Well, no, I hadn't met her before, but it's kind of like you know, it's it's like oh, you, I know you, and you know my son, and oh, it's great to finally meet you, kind of thing. But, All right, that's a weird. I think that's a weird hug, to be honest with you. Well, I don't know. It was. It was sorry. It was yeah. It was okay. It's nice. I, I don't. Nice hug. I I hug people. I decide at the moment if if I want to hug somebody. Um, although I, I hugged a man this morning, uh, for very understandable reasons. But I'll sometimes yes. meet a a, a a girl who I know and or I've had an acquaintance with for a while, and uh, I'll be kind of like uh, I'd hug this one and see if she offers. And it all happens very slowly. It's very slow motion. Hey, Candace, good to see you again. Please. Please, please, please. Ah, all right, let's hug it out. <laughs> I see. I see how that game is played. But but here here's the here's the real question though is how do you instruct somebody that you do not want to hug? Um and why aren't we okay with that? So like if if I see you, you know, on Monday, I'm like, hey Rob, great to see you. And then you see my arms outstretched, re- you know, awaiting an embrace, you should probably say, No, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> We're, we're colleagues and friends. We see each other five days a week. This hug is unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, is uh, well, is it different when it's men and, and women, right? I mean, man hugging a man, it's a, a bro. Good to see you. Yeah. Is there awkwardness if it's a, a female? Here's the, the strange thing to me, though, is like why in, in hockey is the response to scoring a goal, let's have a group hug. And just you guys, just the guys who are on the ice, not the goalie, though. That would be weird. That's true. I scored. Hug me. Now let's go <laughs> high five everyone else on the team. Right, But like, where else does that happen? Like, do you, well, at do the you, end of a boxing match, they usually kind of hug. Well, uh, do they? Yeah, I guess sometimes they do. Yeah, they do. You're right. But I mean, like, I've seen John Cornish run many footballs into the end zone. And then they'll do something where they'll like jump up in the air and they'll bump hips or something like that. But they don't just mm, hug each other. Hey, Johnny, great touchdown. Give me a new little, oh, you're the best. Like if you're out with uh, some, some friends, say it's a group of couples, and maybe, you know, your wife and, and the females, they might be more inclined to hug each other. Yeah. So then where does that leave the men? Should the men start hugging each other? Should the men be just hugging the women? And then does that mean then 
it just gets weird. Yeah, typically what happens is the guy standing on the perimeter of that circle watching it, and then they kind of <laughs> will look at each other and go, like, this is bizarre human behavior. We'll roll our eyes a bit. But I think that a better strategy would be to try to one-up the women, like in that awesome Heineken commercial, uh, and just, just go nuts with the hugging. <gasps> ah, Carl! I haven't seen in forever. Hug. <laughs> but, but, but my bottom line in all this silliness is that if... For some reason, people take offense when you don't want to be hugged. That has to stop immediately. If somebody just kind of, you know, pulls back, if you go for a hug and somebody, uh, it's still, it's still like, like it's a real diss. Like if you stick out your hand and someone like pulls back, refuses to shake your hand, you'll you'll take offense to that. Right. It's going to get the same reaction. That's really putting yourself out there to lean in for a hug and someone. But, says no, I. But you know, I mean, it's understandable. A handshake, though, is a is rooted in a in a ritual that says, "I am unarmed, and I'm I'm I'm. This is an offering of peace to you. I would like to have a peaceful uh, relationship with you. And this is my offering." But where's that hand been? <laughs> That's why it's always the right <laughs> hand. bump. And so the 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 hug though is basically press your torso against mine. Let me smell you. <laughs> it's a very different thing altogether. Well, yeah, I guess. Both those things are involved. I don't know that that's the express purpose, but <laughs> anyway, that's uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for us. It reminds me, we should you should try that when you hug somebody to make this sound, mm. just to make it a little creepy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Daniel Smith is is uh, going to come in following the the twelve thirty news, um, and uh, we're going to go do a podcast. Then we're going to go enjoy the weekend, and uh, so you should listen to our podcast. The Make your weekend more enjoyable, and we'll talk to you Monday morning. 9.30, Kincaid and Breckenridge, News Talk 770. Roger Kincaid and Rob Breckenridge, weekdays starting at 9.30 a.m. on News Talk 770 Calgary.